Wow. What a morning, right? Um, I want to talk about worship. <laughs> no need, we just experienced it, but let's talk about worship. Uh, you know, worship is not relegated or limited to singing in church on Sundays. Did y'all know that? I got to get that out in the open because sometimes in the back of our minds, that's what we think about when we say worship. Because we've kind of tagged that, you know, we're going to have worship and then we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Worship is, every, is all, it's everything. <laughs> worship is all. Um, but, and I put a but here because there is something that happens, just as Daniel was saying, when we corporately come together as one and we're focused on the same thing. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Um, this, was, this was hard for me, especially once I began to, not real hard, but for a little while I was trying to figure it all out. When I came into understanding uh, about how, how complete we were in Jesus and Jesus in us and how the Holy Spirit, we weren't trying to conjure him up like King Kong. Uh, to, to come meet with us every Sunday and Wednesday to get us through the week, when I realized that Jesus is with us always and his Holy Spirit works in and through us constantly in every situation, every moment, and we walk with him and we fall down and we dance and we do all these things with him and he's with us, right? So as we get into this, don't just re relegate worship to just singing on Sundays, but that is a very good time to worship, <laughs> as we just saw. Um. What I believe happens a lot of times when we, when we come together, there's just a, when you hear, and this is even on a very basic level, we can, we can go all the way up to a very deep spiritual level, but even on a basic level when we hear other people laugh and cry and express emotions, um, it triggers something in us, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Don't, don't freak out about it and don't, there's nothing wrong with that. God gave you emotions. It's okay. He will meet you right where you are, regardless. Listen, if you're trying to figure it out and you're frustrated, and you're going, well, I don't understand this, how this piece works and this piece works and this piece works. I get all this, but I don't understand all this. God's okay with that, too. He'll meet you right there. Okay? Um, we, have to, we have to look at this as God the Father. <laughs> we have to understand our identity as sons and daughters. This is key because if we enter into worship outside of that understanding, then we're, look, we're looking at an incorrect image of God. As a father now, and I see my kids, I relate to them all three differently, right? If you, got, if you have kids, you understand this. There are ways that I talk to one kid that I don't talk to the other kid, and there are ways that I discipline one kid that I don't discipline the other kid, and there are ways that I encourage this kid and a different way that I encourage this kid, right? Is, is, have you all seen that? Am I the only one that sees this? There's no blanket. There's no blanket. <laughs> I thought there was. I was very wrong as they begin to grow up. I realized there's no blanket way to raise kids. There's no perfect, quote-unquote, perfect way to raise kids. If you think there is, that's cute. Have more kids. Amen. <laughs> Don't encourage. Calm, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> All right, focus, focus. We have to look at God as God the Father. This is evident throughout the New Testament when, when God taught us how to pray. Our Father, that was so paramount and it was, it was different than what they had heard. God turned the whole king and kingdom idea on its head when he began to serve and love people like a father would. Um, how many of you know when, when, you know when Jesus said, when he discovered he had all authority on heaven and earth and he washed his disciples' feet, that's what a father would do. I, I know that I'm, I'm bigger and stronger than my kids. I don't have to push them around, Right? I would bend down and wash their feet. I would, I would do anything I could do 
to care for them and to love them and to, to help them in any way that I could, right? This is how a father treats their children. So we, I want to get that established before we even get into worship. So when we worship, we're worshiping our Father. It's not out of fear, about, of fear or obligation. It's not out of a, a set things that we're supposed to do so that God's okay with us. Or like Mark used to say, that he's happy at us. Um, because of Jesus, well, because of God, <laughs> and ultimately because of Jesus, God is always happy at you. Amen. There is a, there is a it's, not, it's not fair. <laughs> you don't deserve it. It's not because of what you've done. It's because of what he's done. We, we couldn't do it. We wanted to. We tried. We just couldn't do it, and so he did it for us. So there is a place where we come to, especially in the midst of a touch when, oh, man, <clears throat> especially in the, in the midst of a touch when God heals you. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know how you guys are. I, I, uh, ben and I had this conversation, too. I'm always... I, always, I, I enjoy praying for people, and I pray for healing, and I'm completely confident in healing. But I always have a hard time asking. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not like, I don't think that I'm proud or anything. I just have a hard time asking, and it's just so nice. This morning, three or four people, without even me asking, prayed for me and continually prayed for me. And, and I know you guys have been praying for me. If you, if you don't know what's going on, I've had lots of weird stomach issues lately. I've been to the ER, and I've been to doctors, and I've been scoped and poked and prodded and covered and chunked and that's Waffle House. Okay. It's part of my problem. Yeah, so I've had lots of tests, still no answers yet, um, but I'm okay with healing. I don't need answers. <laughs> if God wants to heal me, whatever. You know, if we're leaning towards an ulcer, but he's not intimidated by an ulcer, so whatever. Uh, it's, it's in your hands, Lord. So um, anyway, so that's kind of what's been going on. You guys have been praying for me and it's just, it's neat to come into a family atmosphere in our church where it's unprompted. You just got. You guys just do it. You guys are just like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I've been better, whatever. Boom, you just start praying for me. I love that, and I thank you very much for it. All right, worship. Um, I'm going to skip over kind of a, a brief description of, of what worship is. Worship is a response to what God has done for us, which is, kind of goes along with the life thing uh, that I mentioned earlier, what God has done for us and what the Holy Spirit is currently doing in and through us. So worship is a response. It's not us trying to, to get God to do something necessarily. Now, we, I'm not going to go into details of all kinds of prayers that we have because there are prayers or petitions, different things that we do. But I'm talking just about worship. When we worship, it's a response to what God has done. It's a, it's, it's a declaration of, of who he is and how good he is. And there's something that happens. Um, there's something that happens in the spirit when we do that. And sometimes there's a manifestation in, the, in, in our physical realm. So what I, I don't want you to get caught up in the manifestation. I want you to, to focus more on what's going on internally. When we worship, there's something happening, happening inside of me and you, okay? Um, that's where we need to focus. If you get your focus off of that and look at the outward manifestation of it, then we get in trouble and there's stuff that we'll, we might get to that. <laughs> but don't get caught up in that. If, if you see someone up here raising their hands or, or laying down or whatever, that's fine. Listen, when you... I see people, and I hate to make this comparison because it's a little cliche, but at football games and at different things, and they're very excited. There's lots of zeal, and there are lots of things, and it's good. They're, they're, it's a, it's a, a form of worship. They're excited about something someone else has done, right? Their, their team has done well, or their, their fighter has won the fight, or um, their scorer has scored a goal. I don't know what you sports people do. You're <laughs> 
I like sports okay, but I'm just not that into it. But you're, you're excited about something that someone else has done. It's the same way. God's already done something for us. We're just excited about it. Now, everyone expresses, expresses it differently. I watch a football game sometimes, and I don't, I don't mind watching a, a good football game. And I watch with Tracy, and she's an Alabama fan. She has outward manifestations that can be, can be loud. And I don't necessarily, and I'll say, well, that was a good play from, from an opposite team. She's like, you can't say that. That's not our team. I'm like, well, I don't care. I don't, I don't care about teams. I just thought that was, that was neat the way they did that thing that they did. And she doesn't feel that way. And that's okay. I don't judge her. The, neighbor, the neighbors kind of do, but I don't judge her at all. I mean, only if they could hear her. <laughs> and she, I don't think she judges me because I'm quiet. I'm not, you know, I'm not overly zealous about football, and that's okay. That's how worship is. Don't get caught up in what, it, what you see on the outside. Um, Gabe is a good example. Sometimes spirit gets a hold of Gabe, and we, we literally need to, like, box him in there because he may come out. <laughs> and I don't want to have to explain some bumps and bruises on y'all if he gets to, if he gets to go. And, but, uh, but I'm just saying that, that there's something inside happening in each of us individually. Don't worry about what happens on the outside. That's between you and God. Work, work that stuff out. And, and as Christians and as believers, one in spirit and one in truth, we should be okay with that. Amen. Listen, diversity in the church is a very good thing. If I, if I ever get to the scripture, I'll tell you why. <laughs> but diversity is a good thing. It shouldn't be divisive. You shouldn't say, you don't do what I do, so you're different than me, and I don't like you, so we're going to start another church that does everything like I like doing it. You know what that's called? That's called a cult. <laughs> Everyone agree with me and do it the way that I do it. And if you don't, you're, you're not a part of our group. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, this is, and, and I, I tell you, I, I say it lightheartedly, but this is, this can be a serious demonic attack because what happens is um, the, the church begins to be spread out and we're not nearly as effective at spreading the kingdom because we're too caught up bickering about the stupid little stuff. That's divide and conquer. Divide and conquer, right? A house divided against itself will not stand. We're not, we shouldn't be divided about these differences. These are all little differences. I, I, you go into any church and, and not one church mobile is going to say, I'm going to use a bunch of scriptures out of context and I don't believe that the Bible is the holy word of God. And, you know, nobody's going to say that. Everybody believes mostly the same things. Now, there are some that we see that are, go way, way off and I'm not going to get into all those details. I'm not calling out any churches in mobile. But what I tell you is if we, if we begin to try to outdo each other as Christians and as churches, we've completely missed the point. Same way inside, internally. I said at the beginning of the year, I'm going to start talking to you guys about our church necessarily and how our body works. I really focus more outwardly, and I like doing that, and we'll continue to do that. But I, there's some things I want to focus on inwardly, and there's even some works in leadership as we've talked about how we're going to start trying to do some more structural things that we can help you guys. Because what we have is we've got a lot of really good leaders in here, and we end up with about 10 of them in a group, and we don't need them all together. <laughs> we need them out and, and, and ministering to people more. And so we're trying to work out a better way to do that. Um, and a more effective way to do that. And what that does is um, it, it helps, one, it helps me because um, <clears throat> I can't be with you guys all the time, especially in the midst of having full, full-time jobs and, and a, spe- a few full-time jobs and especially with some of the medical issues I've had lately. It's a little overwhelming sometimes. It doesn't mean that I don't desire to know you guys all like best friends, but there's just no possible way that we can. The cool thing is it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You guys know I love you. And I know you love me, and there are lots of other people in here that can minister to you guys, and you can minister to them as well. So, so enough about that. All right, Romans 12. 
We're going to start Romans 12, 1. Um, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each, each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Listen to that. We have different gifts. Does everybody hear that? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If you're if, in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Listen, we all have different gifts. That's okay. You know what's you know what's cool about a gift? You don't have to you don't have to beg for it. You, you don't even have to ask for it. A gift is something someone gives you because they're generous. You don't have to strive and work yourself up to get it to receive a gift. You just have to receive the gift. <laughs> now, you do have to receive it. You have to acknowledge that that you you have a gift. And when you receive it, you can begin to help others with the gift that you have. Not compare yourself to others with the gift that you have. Let me say that again. <laughs> when you receive a gift, now you get to share that gift with other people around you because they need it. They may be gifted in different areas. Not to compare yourself to them as though one's greater than the other. Here's what I've found. Most of the time I flow in one specific gift, like 99% of the time. But there are occasions when someone else needs something that I don't normally, is not a normal thing for me, Right? It's not a normal, I guess, quote unquote, uh, a gift would be the best word, talent or anything like that. But what I found is the Lord will meet me in those instances and give me a gift for that person. It's not for me, it's for them, right? What I found is there are instances when I think I can't, I can do this, I'm comfortable with this. And that's most of the time when the Lord uses me in the places when I'm in a place where I'm comfortable. It kind of throws that whole comfort zone thing out of place. But there are times when the Lord says, no, I need you to do this. And I go, well, that's not really my thing, right? <laughs> Anybody else? That's okay. I mean, I hear you. I hear you, Lord, but that's not really my thing. You sure you don't have somebody else that's gifted in these areas that could do this? I'll call them or text them. <laughs> and I will. Sometimes that's true, too. But there are, there are specific instances when the Lord says, no, I want you to do this. And I'll step out, and he will. it's not me. He will give me a gift to minister to this person just for that instance and then not again for a season or forever. It's just for that. It's not for me. It's for that person. Does that make sense? So when you get a gift, it's not, it's not about you and comparing yourself to others. It's about how you can, how we say R&D, receive and distribute that gift to other people. We're not, we're not, we don't have a scoreboard up here. This gift and this person is operating this gift for this many years, and they've touched this many people with this gift, so they're here. And then this, this person, they're a little Christian. Have you ever heard these terms? A little Christian, and this is a big Christian. How big? I always think of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Like he's a, when people tell me, oh, I know this guy. He's a real big Christian. How big is he? <laughs> or, or this, uh, I don't know why I thought about this. But somebody said, oh, this guy works at this job. He makes big money. And I always imagine the big checks people give. 
oh, I got big money. I don't know. That's how my mind works. Um, but here's the thing. When you receive a gift, it's, it, sometimes it takes time. We talk about this all the time. It takes time for our mind to catch up to what's given in our hearts. You can have a head full of grace and understand it theologically, but if you don't have a heart full of grace, it's very difficult to operate within those realms. Well, this is why. If you, if you can explain it inside and out, that's great, and we need, we need that. We need the knowledge and understanding of what it is. But if you don't have a heart full of grace, then how do you give it to people? If it's, just, if, if it's not under the umbrella of love, it's going to be much more difficult to actually operate within the giftings that you've been given. We have to have it in our hearts, and we have to realize that we have it in our hearts, and it'll renew our minds to it. So this is our worship is not just in singing, but it's in the gifts that God gives us and how we share them with one another. Now what happens is, and I've been to some of the services where there are lots of, when, when, we, when they have worship, they'll have someone painting over here and someone dancing over here and, and someone doing this, and everybody expresses himself in different ways. This is, this is another part of not getting caught up in the outward expression of what's going on. Um, when we do that, we really reduce it down to behavior. And we all know behavior doesn't, that's, that's a, a response to something. It's not a cause. So when people behave differently, it's because something's happening, and happening inside of them. Listen, this morning, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about this morning. When the Lord, when the Lord touches you and heals you, you, sometimes you don't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like it, it, I should expect it, and it should be a pretty normal thing for me at this point in my life. But there, those times when the Lord meets you right where you are, you kind of sometimes you're caught off guard, right? And you're just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And so you just pace around and cry and worship, and that's okay. Um, all right, this is kind of where I want to end, and perfect timing. I'm trying to, I kind of skipped through some of the first parts, but I want to talk about why we worship. There's, there's, there's a definition of worship. We kind of talked about spirit and truth. Um, it's basically just a. a a receiving and a, rea- a, a response to what God is doing in and through us and what he's already done for us. That's worship. That's kind of a, a, a rough definition of what worship is. Um, but I want to talk about why we worship. And they talked a little bit about gifts there, and, and I don't want to get too deep into that. But I want to talk about why we worship. Um, we're going to go to Hebrews 9.13, and then we're going to jump over to 10, and then we'll wrap up with this. Uh, Hebrews 9.13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer <clears throat> sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? Listen, simply receiving him is better than any acts of service or performance that you could ever give. Listen, Paul, we even talked about this morning, Andrew came up and talked about Paul just wanted to know Christ more. I mean, Paul. Paul of the New Testament said, I just want to know you more. I just want to know you. Listen, when you, when you fully grasp this Christ that we have and this Holy Spirit that we have, everything else is a very distant second. Amen. The Bible says, seek first his kingdom and all things will be given to you. He's not saying seek first his kingdom and then you'll get a Lamborghini and a mansion. And he's saying, <laughs> Gabe said, dang it. Uh, I know, I want to live again too. Uh, so seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you. Listen, there are lots of things. You need food and all that stuff will be given to you. But when you seek the kingdom, it's because that's what you really desire. He's saying, look, this is what you want because I've created you to desire these things. I've created you with a desire for the kingdom because you are a kingdom citizen. This is, this is not an unnatural thing for us to seek the kingdom. 
What he's talking about here is the difference between Old Covenant and New Covenant. Listen, in the Old Covenant, the bulls and goats worked temporarily, and you had to do them over and over and over again. He's saying, look, don't go back to that system. Don't go back to that system that says, oh, I'm going to come make a sacrifice, and I'm going to bring it to, and we do it differently. Nobody in here, I don't think, I hope, did not bring a goat in here for to slay at the altar. But we have our own versions of that, don't we? Think about that for a minute. How many of us have had versions of that in church where we've, we've rushed to the front to start all over again? Man, we just got to do this. We got we to gotta press in and we gotta, I got to rededicate and I'm going to start over and it's going to be different and, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. That's not that's worshiping yourself. <laughs> that's not worship. Worship is saying, Lord, you did it all. I receive what you have. I accept your gift. That's worship. That's true worship. That's worship in truth and in spirit. So we don't we don't we don't we don't have dead works and try to give them to a living God. Here's here's our dead works. We there's nothing that we could offer. We can't find life in self improvement. Does that make sense? I could I could give you a, a five step system that would probably get you in better shape physically or you know could get you you know financially a little more stable and those are all good things. They're not bad things, but those things don't produce life the same way law does not produce life. Law is good advice, but we need good news. <laughs> and we have some. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 1 says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. <laughs> For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. You get that? Never. Verse 2 Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bull and goats to take away sins. Does it get any clearer? Never. Impossible. These are very definitive terms. Verse 5, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I've come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. All right, let me continue. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down, essentially saying it's finished. He sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. 
After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Listen, if you wanted a reason to worship, I've got nothing else but that. I can read it again. I'm going to read it again. I, I, don't, I don't want to add anything to it. I want you to hear this for exactly what is being said. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by those who draw near to work, or it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly, year after year, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Sorry, I got mixed up there. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of their sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though... They were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest (laughs) had offered... For all time, one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts. And I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Listen, he says the old covenant, it, every year it was a reminder of their sins. And at the very end, he, he bookends this with, I will remember their sins no more. Do you see the difference in the covenants? We don't come to the altar to remind ourselves of our sins. We come to the altar. It's not even an altar. We call it an altar. We come to Jesus. Let me rephrase that. We come to Jesus to receive life. And thank him that he's forgiven us of our sins. And from that place, we are focused on the solution and not the problem. And from that place, we can live a holy and blameless life, righteous through Christ. Him and us and us and him. This is the truth in the spirit. Yeah. You got a mic? Your son, your son has a word. He's on fire today, so don't stop it. <laughs> Another term I don't need to use. Which which son? Daniel. I'll get, I'll get my own mic just to have here. 
<laughs> Daniel's going to get a Daniel mic. You've already got your own fast. Yeah. If, as long as I can have the reverb on it at all times. So it's like, this is... Uh. So el- elsewhere in Hebrews, and Lauren knew where it was, I didn't, or she Googled it. Um, it's in Hebrews, after all this, in Hebrews 13, it says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Okay, cut oh. the reverb off. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, there is. Mike's, Mike's up there, obviously. It was a joke. It was a joke, Mike. No. Um, but so, but thanks, Mike. Okay. Um, but it says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is oh, yeah. the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So we do technic we offer a sacrifice but it's just praise Praise, it's just thanks you know so we you know we don't we don't offer him something that we uh like for us it's for him right but it is it is sometimes a sacrifice i mean you know it it can be for me it can be or anybody it can be uncomfortable or it can be you're not feeling it or you know but but you know it's it is sometimes like a sacrifice but it's it's a lot better than you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) killing your uh goat or whatever so i once heard a preacher talk about in in talking about worship is a lot of times when you first begin worshiping it's 10 percent you and 90 percent god but then somewhere along it shifts so that it becomes 90 percent you and 10 percent god but a lot of times when you first start worshiping you know like like you just said you don't feel like it you know you got a lot on your mind but if you can just push through all of that and just surrender. Because when, when you first mentioned you know, the sacrifice of praise, I thought to myself, well, I wonder, you know, could you take the word sacrifice out of that scripture? And then you mentioned the thing about sometimes it is a sacrifice. It's like, well, no, that's an important part of that scripture. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is when we, here's, here's the, the neat thing about God and going back to what we first talked about is God being the father. When we, when we approach a, a loving father with praise, we recognize what we're doing, right? This isn't, a, uh, this isn't a reluctance. We don't come up afraid that he's going to smite us. We come up as sons and daughters to our father to just, to just offer him praise. We come up with, hey, we just, we just love you in thanksgiving. We, we are just thankful for you. And so when we when we recognize that yes we are we are active participants in this, none of us are. I, I, a lot of people, detractors especially of grace, will talk about you know like we're apathetic. No, grace is the is the wind. The spirit is what pu- pushes us and prompts us to do more. It's just it's just a response to it and not a a, a, a leading to gain more. It's actually a response to what God's already done. And so everything that we do comes from that place. So the the cool thing about emotions is. We, we don't, we're not led by them, although God can meet us in the midst of them. Because we can be tricked by them. We can say, well, I don't feel feelings, I guess you could say. I don't feel this way. Well, yeah. There's lots of ways that we don't feel necessarily. I didn't feel like I was going to be able to preach today. I did not feel good at all. It didn't, it didn't change the fact that God is who he is and that he met me right where I was. In the same way, when we say, well, I'm not feeling it. Like, maybe I don't like the song or the beats off or whatever. There's something that, or even, like I said, worship's not just in here, out there. Life, kids, stress. I didn't mean to bundle those together, but kids, stress, <laughs> work, stress. You know what I mean? Anxieties, uh, 
stress. <laughs> you know, there are all these distractions that we can get caught up in and we go, well, I don't feel like worshiping. Well, it doesn't matter. God's still God and he still wants to meet you right where you are. So when you, when you, when you renew your mind to that truth, so it says spirit and truth, then you're, it's like a, uh, an, an ignition. It's your, your mind is renewed to that and your spirit agrees, yes, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Get, get lined up so that we can do this thing. And then if you're like Tracy, for some reason, you hit the pedal and you go faster. <laughs> and you're like, woohoo, I love you, Lord. I got a ticket. All right. Yes. Uh, I was just going to say that something God's been showing me about worship lately is that the heart of worship is thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I've been going through something and just been in a bad mood or just feeling depressed, like I'm going through everything, like, in order to worship, you have to be thankful. Yeah. Like you have to think about all the things that God has done for you, and it just changes everything. Y'all were singing that song this morning about fighting your battles through worship, and, like, that's how you do it. It's just because you have to be thankful in order to worship. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, you're offering something to God, but he's giving you so much just by reminding you everything he's done for you. Yeah. That's awesome. And it is, when you come with a thankful heart, it's that same thing, aligning yourself to how good God is. And you think you're, you're you know, you think you're giving the sacrifice, and it's like, oh, that's sweet. Whoosh! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a big win. You're like, I, I didn't need that much. I was just trying to worship. Well, that's me anyway. I don't know if y'all have that, but. Um, I, I, re- I was reminded years ago because of the, the talk about rejoicing the Lord. Like the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It says, be strong in the Lord and power of his might. It says that. The great commandment, love the Lord your God. Now, these are commands. Every time God gives us a command or an instruction, there's implied with it that you have the capacity to do that thing which you're being instructed to do. Otherwise, it would be unfair, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the most important thing is for us to, to cross that line. Um, there, there is, I, I will confess, you know, in the, in the grace realm, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, t- a temptation to sit there and say, we got it all wired. I'm good with God. I'm never going to be in jeopardy with him. But our relationship is fixed, yes. But there's a desire to press in. James says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. That's not to rescue your salvation. That's to deepen your walk. Like Adam walking with God in the cool of the day, or God walking with Enoch, or Paul saying that I might know him. There's a depth to your relationship. Um, I'm married to my wife. There's an obligation on me not to rescue the marriage, although if I don't press in, or with my children. They're always my children. But there's a desire that, that I have to, to know my father more. The, the, the richness of the relationship depends on us getting up and making... There, there's some effort involved in this life. Can you, can you understand the difference between rescuing your salvation, thinking you've got to do something to, to, to stay safe, versus deepening your, you know, the richness of your relationship? So sometimes God challenges us, you know, these sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you're sick like my daughter. I'm so glad you didn't decorate the carpet. Um, <laughs> But sometimes it just, I'm going to decide to get up out of the bed and spend a few minutes with God, or I'm going to decide to stay up a little later, or I'm going to spend time in the car. But there's, a, there's an activation of our will that's involved in this relationship. Yeah. And I think the two, and I think also those two commands are both love commands. And so from that place is where things begin to actually happen, not because of what you're doing. It's because of, like you just said, I've written my laws on your heart. I've written my commands, and, and I've, I've, I'm renewing your mind. And so when you, when you do these things, it's not, 
and we know this, we don't do these things so that we receive from him, we go, okay, this is how it works, and we just naturally, we do that. And so when we step out, it's not because I think that I can gain something from it, although we do. That's the cool thing. There's always this kickback, and I go, wow, what a blessing that was that I did this thing that was so natural that God wanted me to do. Did we notice that love is an emotion? God's instructing us to draw near with our emotion, with our heart. Yeah. Um, and so let's, let's not be afraid of the emotional aspect. God wants us to deepen our love for him. That's, and that's the greatest commandment. Yeah, and we say that. I mean, we say it all the time. It's both and. We need, we need good, good, solid biblical teaching, and we need good, uh, honest emotions that come from the heart of God. Those things, these things are both essential because it's, it's, not just, it's not just learning and it's not just feeling. It's both. We need them both. We need to understand what's going on so that we're not just, you know, and then we need to, because we need to, we need to have some feelings. Sorry, is that a good demonstration? We need both of these things to come together, and that's why we all have these different giftings so that we can build each other up in the Lord. And so when someone gives you some good, solid biblical advice, listen. And when someone tells you, chill out, man, you're stressed out about this stuff, just go in the corner and cry or something. You know what I mean? Say, okay, well, I can calm down. It's okay. <laughs> don't get caught up in that stuff. No, don't. Those aren't same thing. They're not against each other. These things work together. So, anyway, okay. <laughs> yes. Over here. And then we'll have to relieve the uh, kids' workers. So, um, you guys know after the fire, there's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of emotions and decision-making and everything going on, and it's like my brain's been playing pinball, and just a unique experience yesterday. One of Jasmine's friends who was in the CC community who moved away a couple years ago bumped into Jasmine at Hobby Lobby just randomly. She was in town for her mom's birthday, and then she was my very first client at the Battle House the next day, and she's like, you're Brad's Jasmine, and I hadn't seen her in years, but when I, then when she said, oh, Davina, like, oh, yeah, Davina from CC, and at the end, she, at the end of the massage, she said, can I pray for you real quick? So we went back in, and she laid hands on me, and, and, and praying for me, just total mind shift for me. It was, God just met me there with a yeah. complete person. Well, not a stranger, but somebody who I had known before. Just a whole unique experience that, you know, she moved to Virginia, and she came back and caught us both in a weekend. Wow. And prayed for us both. And this morning, as we were looking, we did a different search, and, like, we just can't find a house that would fit us. And this morning, Jasmine walked in the door at the same time that I clicked on a house, and I said, I think I just found the house. And she looked at it, and she says, I love that house. So wow. we're, we're going to go look at this house um, tomorrow at 515, and we're hoping that this is going to be the answer wow, to awesome. our prayer. So. Awesome. We'll be praying for that, too. That's great. Well, that's the thing, and I've, I've told you all this story, and I just love this story because, and, and then I promise we've got to stop. But God is, how do I want to say this? I actually met with somebody this last week and went through this again, and they completely agreed that the older I've gotten, the, the more I've realized that there are a lot less coincidences than I thought there, there used to be. That God's hands, zero. Are there zero? That's what they said. They said, I don't believe there's any. And I was like, I'm not quite there yet. I'm pretty close. Okay, there you go. So what I found is that God is so, so close to us that he is so involved that he pays attention to the teeny tiny little things. Um, and so that, the, the one story I loved that happened, the most, one of the most recent ones, and there's lots from the past, was the story about the, uh, the lady that we talked to, that she was from another country, went to the taco place. And uh, it, we weren't even planning to go there. We were going to do something else and just worked out. It's like, 
I like this taco place. We're going to go here because I like tacos. Um, and uh, I got to work a taco like in every one of my sermons, it seems like. But So we end up at this place, and, and we start talking to her. And I, I'd never asked her. I used to joke around with her when I go there. I never asked her where she was from. So I was like, hey, where are you from? She started telling me. Long story short, she started breaking up, breaking down and crying. Her, I didn't realize her husband had just passed away like a week before. And she just stopped talking and went back in the back and started crying and working and doing stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, what a jerk. I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. And uh, I kind of just wanted to run away and hide. But the Holy Spirit said, just go, she needs a hug. You need to go give her a hug. And I was like, this is going to be weird. One of those times. I'm not like, I don't normally run around just hugging strangers. Um, and so we went and we hugged. And several of us, the, the Birches were with us. And we just hugged and prayed for her. And, and she just needed a hug that day. I mean, we, I, didn't, I didn't lead her down the Roman road. We didn't, I mean, we didn't, uh, you know, nobody was like, it was, she needed a hug. And we were there for that, and we just listened, and she just needed a hug. And that's how good God is. God says, she's hurting. She need, we need you guys to not go to this place and go to this place to get some tacos that you can hug her. Um, so I just think that's, I love that how simple we sing about a simple gospel. That's how a simple gospel is. Listen, we want everyone to know Christ. We want everyone to come to a place of salvation and know him and have eternal security. But listen, those instances where it happens right then are, are fewer than the times when it's built up over, over a period of time. That's why the Bible says, just cast seeds. Don't worry about them growing. I'm the only one that can grow them anyway. Keep throwing the seeds out there. Just keep throwing them. And listen, some will water. Some are going to plant. Y'all are going to do lots of different things. You're all a part of this system. It's okay. Don't stress out about the growth. I'll take care of that. Don't shortcut the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's a big boy. <laughs> all right, stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. And Addie's leaving. We're going to pray for Addie real quick. Um, all right, where's Addie? Addie, Addie, Addie? Come on, missionary. Where's Addie? Come up front. She's we're going to pray for Addie. She's flying out on field. Tuesday. She's we're going to pray for her. We're, all, we're also going to pray for, uh, I just felt, I felt the need to pray for Jason. And then there was a couple other people, Katie and Katie and them were, were sick. And Bess Morgan were sick. There's a lot of people that have, and Charles Mott. So we've got a lot of people that are not feeling well. And we want Listen, if I want people to feel what I felt this morning, so we want to pray for them too. So if you guys will just join me, you can either come up front and lay hands or stretch your hands out, whatever you whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. Okay. Going back to India, right? Okay, going to India. All right, if you guys will just agree with me. Father, we just pray for Addie right now, Lord. We pray um, for your Holy Spirit to move in and through her. And, Lord, even right now as we speak, and we're in Westmobile right now, Lord, in India right now, I, I pray that, that you would begin to prepare the hearts of everyone that she comes in contact with. Lord, that they would be just cultivated and ready to receive. Um, Lord, uh, the, especially the little children, that they would be ready to receive uh, what you have for them. Lord, the love that you have for them. And, and uh, Lord, I just thank you for Addie and her willingness to go. Lord, it, let, let love lead her in every, in every journey that she goes on, especially this one that she's going to India. So, Father, we just thank you for her and everything that she's doing. Um, Father, we just want to pray for Charles um, and, and whatever's going on. I think it was his hip or something was going on with him. Father, we just want to pray your healing or whatever that looks like. Your kingdom come and your will be done in and through his body right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to pray for, uh, for Bess Morgan and uh, uh, Katie. Lord, whatever's going on with them as well as Jason. Lord, whether it's a common cold, a sore throat. Lord, we rebuke it in Jesus' name right now. Lord, just as we said, we, the small things as much as the big things. Father, pollen to leave their body, whatever is going on. Lord, we pray your, your kingdom and your will be done in their bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.